Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon around the state, wherever you may be listening, or of course online. Uh, if you catch us in a podcast later in the day, however you've tuned in, we appreciate uh, you participating in the Eagle Hour. Going to be bringing uh, Southern Miss football coach Desmond Lindsay on the show here just momentarily. But first, we'll remind you about our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of this program, great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. Just a great place uh, to enjoy dinner. You can uh, enjoy it in their dining room, through their drive-thru, or have it taken uh, directly to your house. However you choose, we just hope that you'll choose Dickey's Barbecue Pit the next time you have the taste for barbecue. Kelly Sander will be joining the show later, but right now we want to go to new wide receivers uh, coach Desmond Lindsay from the Southern Miss football. And Coach, uh, pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, really happy to be talking some Southern Miss football with you today. Man, it's a pleasure to be on the show. And um, anything that we can do to you know, sponsor our show here, uh, you know, at The Rock, we're more than willing to do. Well, we're, we're glad to hear that, Coach. Uh, you know, when Jack Duggan was setting this up for me last week, he reminded me that we're only six weeks away from spring football. A lot has happened uh, in, a, in a short period of time here recently, and now we're under, I guess, six weeks before spring. With a new staff, uh, Coach, and, and you part of the new staff, what are the things that you guys as a staff want to get accomplished between now and spring football? Well, I think the biggest thing is making sure that, that we currently uh, and continue to recruit the kids that are currently on this um, on this campus. I think that's the first and foremost, just um, allowing these guys to, you know, get to know us and we get to know these guys if, if it was through, um, you know, text or FaceTime over the break because, you know, when we came in, most of the guys were already back home for the break, but just making sure we recruit these guys and letting them know that what the culture and the standard is going to be, you know, moving forward and that, you know, as far as talent-wise, I mean, there's, you know, ample amount of talent here to make sure that we can win a bunch of ball games moving into next season. So just allowing those guys to understand, hey, there's going to be a solid foundation and, you know, we're going to coach you really, really, really hard. But at the end of the day, we're going to love you really, really hard also. So I think that's the biggest thing, just trying to set the culture, just allowing these guys to see that, hey, there is going to be a standard here and we're going to give them some structure, man. And I think that will lead to success. What has been the reaction from some of the veteran guys that that were around during the previous uh, administra- coaching administration? What has been their reaction, Coach, uh, to the new philosophy and the new culture that you speak of? Well, I think the biggest thing is those guys with, with their nonverbal cues were saying, and you can see it in their eyes, Coach, I'm hungry. You know, I'm really hungry. You know, I, and I know what you all's philosophy kind of stands for, Coach. We want to, you know, embrace it. But at the end of the day, we got a lot to prove. We got a chip on our shoulders. So just seeing those guys from afar, I think that's the biggest thing that I've taken from those guys that they're hungry and they're ready to get it done. It does seem like there was a lot of talent at wide receiver on the team this year. I guess you got to be 
feeling pretty good about the uh, about the guys that you're going to be coaching. Well, you know that that's always a positive. Uh, you know, going into it, and, and with me being a Mississippi guy myself, um, majority of these guys I already um, knew through recruiting purposes, or just um, being around a state within itself. And then you have some of the out-of-state guys that you kind of familiarize yourself with, and go back and look at their high school or junior college films. So, and you and you feel good about it. you kind of have an idea in terms of athletic ability what you have. But on the flip side of that, you know, you have to dig deeper in terms of character. Um, you know, in terms of on and off the field. Um, demeanors and things of that nature. So um, a lot of those guys, like I said, again, you know, re- really, uh, you know, really high up on, you know, guys like, you know, Jason Brownlee, of course, you know, that kid's been a winner all his life, you know, from high school to um, community college and, you know, moving up, you know, Tim Jones, which is a guy I recruited actually um, coming out of high school. So um, great kid from a winning tradition down at Biloxi High School, uh, you know, Antoine Shirley Robinson, you know, kid of that nature, Demo, uh, you know, guys like that. So you kind of know those guys and then, you you know, get out of state. Uh, you know, hopefully some of those guys that can come in also, like a Tyler Kennedy has uh, kind of been injured. Uh, you know, Chris Scruggs kind of giving those young guys an opportunity to get a fresh, uh, fresh start moving into the spring. Right. All right, let's get in here with uh, Coach Desmond Lindsay. Coach, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, we – we have a very unique staff set up, and you're the pass game coordinator, and Reed Stringer, the general manager. Uh, Will Hall is going to be a position coach, and uh, you know by default, but he's going to be the play caller. Could you really tell our our fans and our listeners across the Golden Eagle Nation kind of what your role is going to be? Because it is a very kind of uh, unique uh, offensive setup from from previous coaching staffs. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is um, you know in, in terms of a role. Uh, you know, we all have to be on the one umbrella in which coach, under Coach Hall's philosophy. I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, more, you know, from my standpoint, it'd be more passing game coordinator, of course. So, um, you know, when we make a make a huge play in the passing game, you know, hey, that'll all be me. Um, so I just want the fans to know that. But when it doesn't go well, now we're going to put that on Coach Hall. <laughs> but when it's doing good, I'm going to take credit for it. <laughs> um, but passing game coordinator is more of, you know, just, um, you know, with the daily routines of maybe practice, um, different segments and, um, you know, schematically finding different um, advantages that could give us, um, you know, in a passing game and things of that nature. So that would, that would be more of, um, you know, my role on a daily basis, you know, with the daily uh, uh, daily schedule that Coach Hall implements also in terms of the overall scheme, but it won't be limited to just um, passing game. This offense has been described uh, as as a power spread, and I'd like to get your uh, your take on what Coach Hall has said about balance. It is so intriguing to me. It's not about so many passes, so many runs. He has said it's the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it in the course of a game. That is just so intriguing to me. Well, if, if you look at it, that's exactly um, that's a, that's what football is. And I think a lot of guys, especially offensive guys, we make the game more complicated than it really is. The game of football is really a simple game. So, again, we try to make it simple for us. And whatever they're giving and whatever we feel we can take advantage of, that's what we're going to go to um, in that course of the game. And that's what he means by, you know, being a balanced offense. And like I said, not necessarily, hey, we want to throw it um, 40 times a game. We want to run it 40 times a game. You know, it's basically, again, dictates what the defense give us and what we want to be able to allow to do. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, we will be able to 
around the football and we were able to throw the football. And like he's talked about, a power spread team. Um, if you look across this country today, you know, there's not a lot of real football teams still playing football. What I mean by that is being able to run the football and which we will be able to run the football, you know, basically, hey, whenever we need or whenever we want. And on the flip side of that, you know, being able to run the football, hey, let's get more guys into the box. And now let's spread it out to our playmakers that, um, you know, at the receiver position, even running backs, you know, getting those guys out, maybe on linebackers, you know, with the uh, uh, flat routes, wheel routes, or, you know, different option routes, things of those type of nature, uh, you know, in terms of with our running back also. So we definitely want to be able to do that and just take advantage of what everyone gives us uh, schematically on defense. That's an interesting comment, Coach, Coach about the um – about not a lot of teams playing football anymore. Uh, is that a, is that a, and I, I tend to agree with you. This spread offense. Uh, I, I I I'm an old school guy. You know, I, I liked watching them huddle up, break the huddle, come to the line of scrimmage, uh, and and run the football. Sounds like to me you like that too, son. Well, and that's that's the thing about it. You know, I've been a receiver. Um, receiver my entire life from my playing career um, to even my coaching career, but I still understand that the dynamics of it, it don't matter what level that you're at. If you're talking about winning a few ball games, yeah, we can we can we can go four wide, we can throw it every down and you know, some of the fans will be very pleased, hey man, we're throwing the ball, but at the end of the day, again, no matter what level, if you cannot consistently run the football you will never be able to put, um, you know, put yourself in a championship um, conversation, and that's what we're looking for. You know, we're not looking just to win a few ball games. You know, this year, football games that year, we're looking to compete for championships on a yearly basis. And but you have to be able to run the football in that aspect of it. And again, like I said, I'm a receiver guy, but I still understand that. Hey, if you can run the football effectively. Uh, and consistently, I mean, that puts so much stress on the defense, and that's what um, that's you know our, that's our mindset that we want to make sure that we're able to get that accomplished at the end of the day. And on right. the flip side of it, uh, you know, even we're running the football, you know, we still want our leading receiver, you know, to hopefully have at least, you know, I'm just throwing a number, let's just say 75 touches, you know, throughout the year. So we're going uh, again, we're going to spread the ball out. We're going to have different ways to, you know, make sure that we get our playmakers the ball. And let them make plays. All right, Coach, we've got about 15 seconds left. Uh, we'd like to hold you over for just a few more minutes if you're good. It's a very short three-minute no break. And uh, no we're going to continue the conversation uh, with uh, Desmond Lindsay, new member of the football staff here at Southern Miss on the Eagle. I was so glad to have uh, football coaches coming on. I think we've got another one scheduled for Friday. And uh, we look forward to continuing our conversation with Desmond Lindsay on the flip side of the break. Thanks for tuning into the Eagle Hour. to the top. 
Hey, looking for a great place uh, to buy some Southern Miss swag? We've got it for you. Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street. They're open six days a week, and they've got the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere on the planet. If you don't want to shop in person, you go to campusbookmart.net, or you can call them and uh, just tell them what you want over the phone. They'll uh, look through the merchandise for you and mail it straight to your house. However you choose to buy it, uh, they'll make it easy for you at Campus Bookmart. We're talking to a new passing game coordinator, Desmond Lindsay, on the Southern Miss football staff. And a couple more questions, Coach, and uh, and we'll let you go. I, I want to take you back to the to the last game of the season. What had been a really trying season for Southern Miss football, and, and the kids uh, came out and played really well and beat a heavily favored Florida Atlantic team. Now comes in the new staff. You're taking over this same group of kids, plus your new recruits. And I just wonder, from a fan perspective, that was really a great day to see them play that well at the end of the season. But does that play a role in, in, in taking positive momentum into spring football, or is that just a fan perception? Oh, well, without a doubt it does. I mean, even even the kids, um, you know, can see that from afar and understand that, hey, we just, I mean, we just basically dominated, you know, and, and you could arguably say, you know, top one or two teams in this league over the last few years in Florida Atlantic. So mm-hmm. uh, what that mindset took to those guys was, hey, man, we can do it. You know, if we just believe and we prepare um, daily, hourly, weekly, it can happen. And I think that's what it showed those guys, you know, moving forward. We dominated. We played together. We played for each other. Um, you know, band of brothers. And they went out and dominated. So I think moving forward, going into spring ball, it definitely gives you momentum and leaves a pretty good taste in your mouth, you know, leave you, uh, you know, hungry for more. So I definitely think from a fan perspective and as a, uh, you know, just an overall program perspective, there that is confidence going into the offseason. Good deal, Luke. Desmond, um, you're a Mississippi guy, Taylorsville Tartar. Uh, we've been reminiscing off air how bad you used to beat me when your Tartars played my Mustangs. But, uh, man, J- Jones College, Delta State, uh, you're back now, and it, it really has shown up. I want to talk recruiting for a minute. Eagles uh, signed 13, 12 of those from the state of Mississippi, and Coach Hall just said, so many of these signees, you were, you know, you were the guy that brought them in, and I almost like lost uh, everything on signing day, just in, in energy and passion. I was yelling at Bob, we just got Zay Franks, we just got Chandler Pittman, Ty Keys is coming. I mean, it was just, it was a great day on the show when that happened. And how important is it for this staff going forward to get some of the, the to really target on the best players in Mississippi that we, we got a chance and we got a really good chance for them to end up in Hattiesburg? Well, I think I think the thing about it is is you know just just like when you when when your parents are raising you, uh, you know you got you got you have to practice what you preach. And if we're gonna practice, hey, we want Mississippi talent. We have to be able to go out and show that. Also, um, now on the flip side of that, we be able to sign every kid that we offer in the state of Mississippi. No, you know some kids gonna go off for various reasons, um, but it won't be in a situation to where. He's a talented kid, and we did not even pursue that kid. That would ne- that would never be the case um, with this staff here. Um, you know, kind of moving forward. So that's our biggest thing. We want to make sure that we try to keep um, the talent in, in the state. You know, um, that especially that can play at the Division One level. And I think that's our mindset. And a, a lot of those guys. Um, I've had previous relationships with, um, you know, at my previous institution because I understood that, 
hey, if we can go into Mississippi and steal two to three kids a year, that can make any program better. So, um, again, like I said, I was already recruiting some of those kids at my previous institution. Uh, and then coming here, that just made the transition a little smoother because I had already built a relationship with the kids and their parents, coaches, of course, uh, administrators in the school and things of that nature. So the transition was a little easier um, opposed to finally – getting on a kid with a maybe a week left in recruiting. So, um, like I said, that did help the transition. And, and at the end of the day, what recruiting is all about relationships. Um, that's what it's all about. I mean, like I said, it could have been a, an older sibling, an older cousin or football coach that trusted, hey, I know um, Will Hall or I know Desmond Lins, what he stands for as a man. And I think that's the biggest thing that helps in recruiting also, just having a reputation, hey, we're going to look for this to look out for this student athlete on and off the field and not just make it all about football. It's it's such a unique year from a recruiting perspective because you basically get your seniors back twice and those guys you mentioned like Tim Jones and other guys, they're going to be back. Coach, uh, last question. Uh, we have listeners from all over the state, uh, Southern Miss fans all over the country that listen in. What's your message to them going into the 2021 uh, football season, why they should get behind this team, this staff immediately? I think the biggest thing, and it just goes back to our philosophy, AIE, attitude is everything. And every morning that we wake up to the time we lay our heads down, our attitude is going to make sure that as a program and as a university that we're constantly getting better every day. I think that's the biggest thing. But, again, it takes everyone involved to make sure that we get it done. And, you know, every day is not going to be a perfect day, but that's what a family is all about. Uh, the day is not perfect. Uh, like I said, we're going to make sure that our kids understand at the end of the day that we do still love them. And it's like even, you know, if it's a quarter that's going bad, hey, I want the fans to make sure that, hey, they, they – they give us a little pep talk, but still, at the end of the day, they still love the Golden Eagles at the end of the day because it's going to take everyone involved to get this ship back where it needs to be, and that's on the top. All right, Coach, we want to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us on the Eagle Hour. You're welcome here every time. We're really excited uh, about football and uh, and what the new staff is going to bring, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back on the Eagle Hour real soon. All right, thank you, guys. And so to miss to the top. There we go. Desmond Lindsay, everybody, passing uh, game coordinator for the Golden Eagle football program and uh, a lot of excitement, Luke, a lot of anticipation and a lot of expectation uh, on this new staff. Yeah, and and what I what I appreciate what what he just shared is, you know, talking about specifically about the recruiting. What we've had in the past is we have had and and it it's, it worked and it's one and I'm not saying it it shouldn't be this way. But we've had Southern Miss guys who were Mississippi guys. This staff now is comprised of maybe not Southern Miss guys, but they're Mississippi guys. And, I mean, you, you look at what kind of tradition Desmond Lindsay comes from. Taylorsville High School, where he won you know, with, with Jason Campbell, Jones Junior College, and Delta State. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been. He knows the state of Mississippi. And when you start seeing, you know, I mentioned the two guys from McGee, but you look at Mays from Ridgeland. You look at the, the linemen from, from Green County. I mean, there, there's so many of these guys, uh, that because of the relationships, Lindsey was out of state recruiting Mississippi guys. Now he's in Mississippi. <laughs> recruiting Mississippi guys. So it's a win-win, and I think what you're going to see from this staff is there's going to be so much energy from these guys. 
Um, and you know, it's what Desmond just said from the time we wake up, time we put our head on our, on our pillow at night, it's our attitude and we're going to get this thing back. Right. I'm just, I'm ecstatic that he's on staff at Southern Miss. All right. Thanks to our buddy, Jack Duggan. We're going to have a couple of football coaches on the show every week leading up to uh spring football here in about six weeks. I think we've got another guest scheduled for this Friday. Looks like, yeah, Bob, I think it's, I think it's Austin Armstrong, the defensive coordinator. So pretty cool this week. We get a coordinator on offense and we get the defensive coordinator Friday. Well, our thanks to uh, Jack Duggan. And we, we know that our fans, uh, our fans, our listeners around, uh, around the state who are all fans of Southern Miss football, anxious to hear from the new staff. Well, let me just tell you, stay tuned to this show between now and spring football and you're going to hear from pretty much every one of them, uh, what their philosophies are, what their thoughts are. As uh, we head into a new era of Southern Miss football, when uh, spring football kicks off here in about five weeks. Speaking of football, uh, here's an interesting note, kind of a sad note, but uh, nevertheless uh, rather ironic. Uh, Luke, a lot of a lot of publicity about Deion Sanders being the new football coach at Jackson State University. Story breaks today that Deion Sanders' truck was burglarized on the Jackson State campus, and uh, all of his personal uh, stuff inside of his truck was stolen and uh, Dion made a public plea today for uh, whoever stole the stuff out of his truck uh, to bring it back to him uh, n- not the kind of welcome you would want or expect for Dion Sanders uh, here in Mississippi not at all and it, it, you know it's just unfortunate he hasn't lived in Mississippi before he hasn't lived in Jackson before and so yeah that's just not cool, man. I mean, it's no, not cool to break into anybody's cool. car. But I mean, you got a guy like that that's coming to turn a program around and to bring, you know, winning to a program. And and regardless of whether you think it's going to impact Southern Miss or not, it doesn't matter. Like that's not the way you want your capital city and your your state represented. So yeah, no, take no. it back. He's prime time. Right. He might even give you a reward because you bring back the right. stuff you stole from his truck. Well, I'll say this about prime time: he's making a splash with some of the recruiting that he's done at Jackson State, and uh, I just think uh, if things work out like it looks like they may. Prime time may make an impact on some uh, football, some football futures here in the state of Mississippi. So uh, wish him the best. And uh, how ironic! Am I right about this? His first game will be right here at the Rock. Is that not correct? That well, they're they're actually they're about to play. I mean, they're playing this spring, so the you know all all of them are going to play. Yeah, um, but I mean, under normal circumstances, when the fall starts, yeah, we we opened uh, with a neon Dion and uh, the Jackson State Tigers. All right, Kelly Sanders next. Stay with us. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday, third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. There's always something going on at 4th Street. 
Kelly Sander joins us now. Kelly, uh, Kelly, are you the, you know, we know that, that uh, Jody Lott's the mayor of the Roost. There's no question about that. I mean, you may not be the mayor of 4th Street, but, I mean, are you on the city council of 4th Street? Is that safe to say? No, I'm the president of 4th Street. Um, you know, I don't okay. want to be demoted to mayor or council. Um, and, and we are taking donations for uh, drinking glasses after the Saints game on Sunday. I can't tell you why, but several of them got broken. Um, so... <laughs> bitter, bitter Saints fans, right, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some accidents, uh, Capiche. You know, with the results uh, on uh, on Sunday, so we had some uh, some poor Saints fans. <laughs> yeah, but uh, lots of things going on, guys. You want me to tell you now or later? You no. want to Go on, Kelly. Okay. Well, we got news from the Super Bowl first of all, and then we'll get back to college and other things going on. The Super Bowl announced today who will be singing the uh, national anthem for the game. Grammy-nominated performers Eric Church, who's a uh, country singer, and R&B pop star Jasmine Sullivan. They will be uh, combining efforts to sing the national anthem. I know that's good news for you, Bob, because you're both a big Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan fan. Meanwhile, Wawa Snipe, who is a deaf rapper, is actually... um, going to sign the national anthem while Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan are performing it. And, of course, the NFL had already announced that the group Weekend would be Stop performing right there. Stop right at there. halftime. Okay. Who in the hell is Weekend? Can someone tell me that? I, I don't know. Do you know, Luke? I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. There we go. I mean, that's that's my point. How did how did somebody that no one has ever heard of become the halftime entertainment at the Super Bowl? Well, we could we can officially be too old. I'm sure if you ask some of the younger kids, the weekend is probably a, a, a hot property. You know, mm, the teen the teenagers, right? Yeah, I, I right. guess they're so invested yeah. in the National Football League, correct? Well, see, it's kind of that double-edged sword, Bob. It's it's the older people like us that have the money, but the NFL is trying to attract younger people to develop future fans. So I guess they have to try to appeal to them by going and getting okay. performers that they think these younger kids would want to see. But just for the record, you're young, Luke. You don't know who Weekend is, correct? I thought Weekend was a two-day period that you rested <laughs> That's from exactly what week. I thought. I thought it was Saturday and Sunday. But go ahead, Kelly. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay, from Conference USA, new Marshall head football coach Charles Huff, who was officially announced as the head coach yesterday after leaving his uh, associate head coach position at Alabama, and he also coached the running backs there. It's announced his salary will be $755,000 a year, which is exactly what Doc Holliday made last year. That is from uh, that is from the Thundering Herd, and he becomes the first African-American coach at uh, Marshall in the school's history. Meanwhile, Tennessee is uh, looking for a new athletic director, and some of the the uh, names to watch, we are told, by journalists who are monitoring the situation. One of the names at the top of the list is John Gilbert, former Southern oh. athletic director, now at East Carolina. Does this guy ever stay put? Uh, <laughs> he needs to contact Peanuts Moving Service. Well, <laughs> Keep him on retainer. Okay. Like I he said, was, <laughs> he was the number two at Tennessee, wasn't he? When he uh, came to Southern Miss at one time, yeah. So, so there is a connection there for sure. But I mean, 
he is uh, he is thinking something that we learned from President Lincoln: keep moving. You know, don't don't sit still. <laughs> don't sit still. Bad things <laughs> but, can happen. That's right. Other names on that list, though, interestingly, as Tennessee looks for a new athletic director, include Ren Baker, who is the athletic director at North Texas. Brian White at FAU is also listed as a contender for that Tennessee AD job, and so is Mark Ingram at uh, UAB. So three Conference USA athletic directors and a former Conference USA athletic director all mentioned as potential replacements um, as for a new athletic director as Tennessee continues to look. We talked about how NASCAR now has uh, not only a presence in the Latino community and African-American community, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway announced this morning that uh, auto executive Beth Peretta will be, for the first time, heading up an all-women's Indy 500 team. 2010 Rookie of the Year, Simona DiSilvestro, will drive the number 16 in this year's 500-mile race. Again, the team will be comprised of all women. And in the latest uh, Massey ratings, Conference USA sitting 13th out of 36 teams in division, or 36 conferences, rather, in league play. Sunbelt just happened to rate uh, 19th out of 36. Southern Miss moved up 24 spots after their sweep last weekend of Middle Tennessee. Southern Miss now sits at 234 out of 350. They're just, um, they're just above Middle Tennessee, but just below Texas San Antonio, which is who the Eagles will play this coming Friday and Saturday. According to the Massey ratings, Western Kentucky far and above better than anybody else in the league. Marshall is second, North Texas ranked third, UAB fourth, and Louisiana Tech fifth. And, of course, the Eagles still have to – they've got uh, Louisiana Tech coming up here pretty soon. So that's the latest from the state, the country, and the world, guys. All right, Luke, you got some Here's, breaking uh, news, don't you? Yeah, breaking news. Just uh, just got an email uh, Jack Duggan sends out. So Lad Rhodes, who uh, we've had on this show before, he was uh, you know the, the the third assistant coach, the volunteer coach, and it's a position that BA Volmuth had had held before. Lad Rhodes uh, has departed for a new position uh, elsewhere, and and you got to you know these volunteer coaches. Man, it's hard. I mean, they get their money, you know, through camps and other stuff, and it's just hard for for a guy uh, to to stay in one one position like that. But Lad Rhodes is moving on. Not sure exactly; it hasn't been announced yet where he's going. But Southern Miss has hired, or Southern Miss has brought on a new uh, baseball assistant coach in that third slot, uh, Nick Amaretti. Uh, he's spent the last four years as an assistant coach at Hines Community College, where he was the recruiting coordinator and also the SID uh, for Hines. He will uh, come in and, and work immediately. Southern Miss uh, baseball coach Scott Berry uh, is quoted as saying, we're excited to have Nick join our program as one of our assistant coaches. He brings a wealth of experience from both the playing and coaching sides and has and look forward to him assisting with our hitters as well as our catchers and working as our first base coach. A pedigree of being a winner, Coach Barry says, and uh, he's excited about Nick Amaretti coming in. So the third uh, assistant baseball coach. And, guys, this is what frustrates me. We've seen uh, Tennessee avoided it with when they fired Jeremy Pruitt, didn't have to pay the $12 million buyout. But, you know, Gus Malls on with all these millions of dollars bought out and all these mo- SEC schools, I, I think I heard the other day, SEC schools have paid $178 million in buyouts since 
Nick Saban was hired at Alabama, and yet we can't get a paid third assistant baseball coach position pass in the NCAA. I mean, it is it is a crying shame. Those guys are some of the most miss or are underappreciated uh, that coach because they literally they're not salaried. I mean, the, the school doesn't pay it. Their income comes from different places, and I just think it's a crying shame that they, they tried to get that pass a couple years ago. Some of the big conferences stood in the way. You got all that money to throw at uh, buyouts for football coaches that didn't work out, and we can't pay baseball coaches. You know, the SEC so bloated with money, Kelly, it's just almost sinful. Yeah, the, the problem with baseball, though, you guys, as we know, is you know it, it, it does very well at, at Southern Miss and has for years. But when you look at, at teams, you know, a lot of these conferences are, are north of the border. A lot of the teams are north of the border where baseball is just an asterisk and under you know an afterthought, and they just kind of sweep baseball under the rug. It's it's not at all a revenue you know uh, producing sport. So that's they're always going to vote you know their pocketbook and. Like I say, it is big money for the SEC and, and for some for some teams in Conference USA. But other than that, there just aren't a lot of teams that uh, that draw very well in baseball. So um, I, I understand I understand the frustration, but I also understand why some of these conferences vote to do you know not to have. But but the other point that needs to be brought up is even if you did approve it, what are you talking? Maybe forty or fifty grand. And I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know. In, in the type of money you're dealing with in college budgets, that's not a whole lot of money mm-hmm. that you could afford to pay another, you know, baseball coach. And maybe it's not even that much. You know, if it's a younger kid kind of just getting started, you wouldn't even probably have to pay him that much. Yep. But, um, yeah, it, it is frustrating for sure. But As um, opposed to some of those profitable sports like beach volleyball and stuff like that, right, Kelly? Well, you have to have to talk to the Title IX folks about that. We've you know, <laughs> talked about, you know, we've, you know, in a well, yeah. You you have to have the same number of sports for the women as you do for the men. Of course, yes. And so that's that's the way it is. That's exactly right. Well, all right, uh, Kelly. We've got another segment. Can you stick around? Yeah, yeah. I would. I would I'm not getting thrown off. Uh, no, you haven't done anything today. Uh, you've been actually pretty well behaved today. Somebody, you're well, not feeling well? To, you're not feeling we're going well? Into the, we're going into the commercial break. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we'll just try to stay at this at this level. Can you do that okay, for okay. me, Santa? All right, sure. All right, we'll wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour after the break. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment today brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Lots of stuff to do there. You can view uh, their entire inventory. You can value your trade-in. You can even secure financing at toyotahattiesburg.com. Or go see them in person. Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Huge lot. Tons of inventory of every type of vehicle you want. And we appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, 
Bob Gaty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Sanner joining us on the phone. Programming note, tomorrow, uh, because the basketball team is traveling on Thursday, tomorrow we will have our weekly uh, session with basketball coach, assistant head coach Kyle Rohn on the show tomorrow. And, uh, Bob, we're going to hear from our, our uh, great studio sponsors uh, from First Bank tomorrow also. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, they do so much for the show. It's great bank, home of the perfect ten. And uh, we look forward to hearing what those guys have in store for 2021. And then I understand that the D coordinator for football is on the show Friday. Is that right? Austin Armstrong is uh, supposed to be on Friday. And we Jack Duggan man serving us well and and uh so excited to hear about austin you know going into this uh the the hiring process i think we all said because of the offensive mind that we knew will hall was we we said that his his most important hire was defense and so it'll be great to talk to coach armstrong and of course uh you know he comes from the ron roberts and kirby smart uh, tree of defensive coaches it'd be great to hear about his defensive philosophy and i think a lot of southern miss fans are looking forward to that so austin armstrong brand new d coordinator for southern miss kelly sanders still in his 20s no kelly's in in and for that kelly the austin animals were on tour when kelly was 20 yeah, okay. 20s, yeah. Well, not well, Kelly as, in his 20s, right, Austin right, in his right. 20s, Kelly. Yeah, as, as Coach Hall was hiring these guys, and I was looking at, at you know at their pictures, and I'm going, God, some of these guys don't even look like they're shaving yet. Right, right. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'll bet he knows who weekend is. We'll ask him pro- that Friday. He'll probably know that, right? <laughs> I, you would hope so, because they're expecting, and of course the Super Bowl isn't going to have um, you know, full house, obviously, because of COVID. So there, there are going to be some programming, you know, switch ups and, and things like that. But they're right. they're still going to try to make, you know, um, a virtual course, Super Bowl. Not, yeah, and it's not an official Super Bowl because the Bengals aren't in it. Correct. Because um, as we know, that's a pretty frequent occurrence. Well, yeah, yeah. So so be, it being an unofficial Super Bowl, they're still going to try to make it, you know, look I just, as, as good as they can. I just right. want to let you know. That our listeners are culturally spry because I had a listener text me a minute ago. They said the weekend's that guy from Canada. Oh yeah, so I, I, oh, I looked yeah, it up. Yeah, now I know. Right, and, and really, really, you spell it not weekend; it's weekend. So it's W E E K N D is the appropriate official hmm. Hmm. Uh, spelling. I can't of wait. I mean, I, our, I our can't listeners wait. know I can't what they're wait. talking so, about. So nothing says American football like getting a Canuck to come and say Yeah, exactly. That no one's ever heard of, too. I mean, at least it could be Wayne Gretzky or somebody we knew of, right? That, that's, like, that's like getting Barry White to sing the national anthem at the NHL finals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Week, probably, weekend. Yeah, weekend. Yeah, you okay. know, they used to say they used to say the solution, you know, we could just sell Canada and pay off the national debt, and that's right. what some people have. Now, I have a question for you two guys that was posed to me yesterday afternoon. And this listener asked me, why do your buddies hate on the GOAT so much? And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to ask them that tomorrow, and I'm sure that this listener is tuned in. So let's start with you, Luke. Why do you hate on the GOAT so much? It, it's because, and 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 Kobe Bryant. Uh, I'll say it like this: we watch, we watched Kobe Bryant one time, and this is not an indication of how I feel about Kobe Bryant, the person and the inspiration he was to so many. But I watched Kobe play one time in New Orleans, and literally every time up and down the court, he complained to the officials. 
And that's why he was never my favorite basketball player. I mean, even in the modern game. I mean, you know, I was just – he wasn't, and it was because of that reason. Now, as great as he was, it's, it's the same way I feel about with Tom Brady. I've really never watched a football game where Tom Brady has not complained – where Tom Brady, if he even like somebody runs past him, the the breath of the wind touches him. He, you know, he wants a flag on it, and so that is what's caused me to shy away from being for him. It took me a lot last year to admit that he probably was the goat. You know, after mm-hmm. uh, I watched him, there was a couple games I watched him play. But uh, but what I'm saying is, I, I see him, and what comes to my mind is a spoiled kid that always got his way in every single situation. In life, that's probably a horrible overcharacterization, but that's just why I never cheer for him. Now, Kelly, why do you hate on the goat? Oh, Bob, thank you for giving me this platform. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the goat because he's handsome, he's athletically gifted, <laughs> he is bow-legged with money, and he's married to a supermodel. I hate him. <laughs> well, that that I understand. I, I can okay. kind of I can kind of understand that, Kelly. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope all, all of that's true of me also, except the money. I get paid more than Tom Brady because Bob Getty signs my checks every day for that's, the Eagles. That's exactly correct. And uh, both of you guys, you're rolling in the dough. That's why you have your own private accounting firms because of this God. show. Right, Kelly? Luke, Luke, what a butt kisser, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope that answers your question, listener. I don't really hate on the goat, but now you know why my buddies feel the way they do. All right. More Eagle Hour tomorrow at 1 o'clock. More goat hating, all kinds of stuff. Until then, (laughs) Southern Miss. To the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.